0: Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author, media and PR coach, copywriter, editor and proofreader, and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content, events, and training platform providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know that I've opened up enrollment again to my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. I ran the course for the first time earlier this year with a group of vegan business owners and entrepreneurs from across the globe over a 12-week period. And it now comes with a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live question and answer call. You can also post your questions on the learning platform and you can post your pitches to get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program, it's way more affordable than similar courses, and it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. Some of the current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but you don't have the budget to hire a publicist or a PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enroll. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the course Vegans in the Limelight. In this episode, I interview Anna Talia from luxury faux fur company Peluche in New York. Originally from Milan, Italy, Anna moved to New York two decades ago and took a job working in the fur department at Fendi, where she worked for the next eight years. When the brand launched a faux fur, Anna was captivated by it, but since it sold for a lot less than the animal furs and was quite popular with customers, Fendi decided to no longer do faux fur. Anna bought the coat with a staff discount and began her search for high-end animal-free furs. After leaving Fendi, she worked for 13 years at Prada on Madison Avenue as a personal shopper for high-wealth women on Manhattan's Upper East Side, where her peluche studio is currently based. Five years ago, with the help of her friend and mentor, Italian haute couture designer Antonio Grimaldi, she started to learn the other side of the fashion business, including how to order and who to meet. And two years ago, she launched peluche, which means plush in Italian, to create what she calls a revolution. Love that. Since then, her spectacular coats that look and feel like real fur have been worn by Helen Mirren, complete with a Humane Society anti-fur pin, four-time Grammy Award-winning jazz musician and bassist Esperanza Spalding, and opera star Diana Damrau. Anna's fashion shows, including the two she's held as part of New York Fashion Week, are akin to performance art pieces featuring dramatic music and animal activists of all ages and backgrounds walking the runways. As well as showcasing her beautiful products, many of which include intricate hand-embroidered details, French lace and sparkling vintage glass, Models carry placards with information and statistics that reveal the cruelty involved in the $40 billion fur industry. In this interview, Anna talks about why she chooses to make faux furs that look and feel like real fur, how she knows whether a material is made from animals or not, the challenges when she first started out of finding the right professionals to create the standard of product she required how she got her coats onto celebrities and Helen Mirren to wear an anti-fur pin to a movie premiere, the importance of trunk shows, especially for new designers, and much more. Here's the interview with Anna Talia Bui from Peluche.
1: Hello, Anna. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, Katrina. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. uh, And I should tell our listeners that this is um, a rare time where I'm doing an in-person interview. I'm in New York City and I'm in the studio of uh, Anna Tagliabu And I'm looking right now at some absolutely stunning furs. You can see photos of them on the show notes page. They really are one of a kind. Amazing. So I'm very excited to, to speak with Anna. And we've also got an extra person who may or may not speak occasionally. Her little dog, Choco. He's a very cute little long-haired chihuahua and he's watching us as we're, as we're doing the interview. So the first question I always ask everybody, Anna, is
2: why? So we're vegan entrepreneurs.
1: Why do you do what you do? Why are you running your business?
2: Well, uh, the main reason now is, is not as I started, but now is definitely the animals. So it's all about the animals. And uh, this morning, for example, I just uh, I saw a video of uh, hor- horrific things on, on Animal Factory and uh, as I, w- I was watching it, it made me realize that I need, I'm need I'm I going to work harder, I'm going to do better because this industry must be eliminated completely mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially now that we can reproduce any kind of fur and uh, you know, you know the, the the fabrics are becoming more beautiful every year, and um, so there is absolutely no more no, no more excuses where we offer. We must uh, we must completely stop. It's the twenty first century, so we must move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so the animals are definitely my uh, my driving force, and. Um, of course, the, the end of the fur industry, which is a $40 billion industry every year. And uh, the numbers are staggering because, uh, you know, more than 100 million animals are, are killed each year for the furs. And uh, a billion rabbits are killed as well. Rabbits are some of the, the most uh, uh, used and abused animals in the world and uh, we need to create more awareness and education about the fur industry because uh, uh, all of a sudden it came back and it came back Mm. back with vengeance Why? It came back and the fur industry is very smart and they spent millions and millions of dollars in coming back very quietly Um, What they did is... uh, Saga, which is uh, uh, one of the biggest auction houses in uh, Scandinavia, um, started giving free pelts to FIT students, to all the new upcoming uh, emerging designers. In Scandinavia? All over the world. Really? All over the world. Wow. So, you see all the new emerging designers uh, and the fashion students coming out you know, they have free palettes. What can we do with this? Let's make a fashion show. They come out with all this fur. The fur is very colorful, fun. They choose it to, they choose it to make it very colorful because they don't want you to think what's behind it. That kind of looks like faux. Let's not think about what's, what's underneath, what's behind it. Um, and also they start giving free fur, uh, to all the celebrities and the celebrities started you know wearing it they are fun they're colorful they're fun then little by little and more and more you start seeing it in all the fashion magazines in all the editorials everywhere and um, so this is how it came back it came back and nobody's saying anything anymore which I don't understand why, because I remember, uh, you know, uh, going a little back. This is how I started. Uh, uh, This is how I started, and this is where my first idea came about Calouche. It was more than 20 years ago. Um, I worked for the Fendi family, Mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, I saw pita people standing outside, hundreds of them, Clambering on the <laughs> on the building, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm with you guys, absolutely!"
1: So, were you working in with fur for fendi Yes, time? yes, I was working. With Even the though fur. you were
2: an, acti-
1: you I was was not not an activist, I was not a vegan. I was an
2: activist. I was in my early twenties. It was my first job mm-hmm. when I first when I first came here in the states. I'm originally from Milano, Italy, and uh, you know I got this. Amazing! It was a great job. That it was a great, you know. I cannot say anything, but it, you know, they treated me very well. And uh, yes, of all places, me an animal lover. This is what I had, you know. I had to to get. But it it also taught me a lot of what I'm doing now. So that's why you cannot fight the universe because yeah. nothing is left undone. There is a reason why I had to work. With, with that yeah and uh, and so what, how it happened is that one season, they they made uh, the first faux fur, fir. and as soon as I saw it, I fell in love with it, because it was something from the future. I never seen anything like that. It looked exactly like the sheared mink that was hanging for forty five thousand dollars. instead, that was back then seven thousand five hundred dollars. Well, it happened that, you know, the, the ladies that would come, they loved the faux fur. They were like, oh, my God, this is not real. This can a Fendi. This is a Fendi. Wow. I can't believe this. I'll take it. So after we lost, you know, a couple of sales, you know, of the $45,000, <laughs> so they choose the, the other option. You know, they decided, you know, let's not do this anymore. What are we doing? (laughs) Take it out of the floor. (laughs) So it happened that uh, we had an employee sale. And I bought that for fur. And I always looked for that fabulous product. And I'm like, if we can reproduce something like this, why can't we make everything like this? Exactly. But... Uh, but so what I did I started looking looking around I did the market research just to find out that the product didn't exist and I looked and I looked and I looked for 18 years oh wow that's a long time to do research but I always (laughs) looked because I always wanted a product I was I, I always loved this product this the one I'm doing now because it's fun and you know, it's whimsical and it's glamorous, it's luxurious, yeah. and uh, women' obsession on um, on um, ornamentation it, it will never go away. We're women; we like the sparkles, we like the pearl, we like the the feathers. We like to ornament ornament ourselves. So, so, so I had to wait eighteen years, and after what I, were you doing during that time? Uh I worked uh, for uh, Fendi for eight years and after I worked for Prada as personal shopper here on Madison Avenue for 13 years. So you got a strong background in fashion. Very strong, yeah. uh, strong uh, luxury fashion background, yes. Uh, but, uh, yes uh, very serious, important fashion houses. Mm. And you can also see a little bit of the DNA of the two together plus my own personal uh, yeah taste obviously there is a lot in there as well uh so it's like innovation traditional innovation and of course the ethical uh the ethical and uh, thing behind it so then one day I was at Prada and um I was like you know what I have a feeling that we are getting uh, very close to my standard, obviously I'm high standard being in the luxury market for so long. Uh, so I said, you know what? let me find out if this product is ready now. So what I did, I went to Dubai. I had me I met with my uh, one of my best friends is a couture designer from Rome, uh, Antonio Grimaldi. And I said, Antonio, listen, I don't even know where to start. I think this product is ready. And, uh, you know, I've been waiting to do to for this product on the market for the longest time. And how come nobody's doing it? I feel like there is a need. In the meantime, the fur, it was coming back yeah. more and more and more. And I'm like... You know what? Nobody's doing it. I'm going to do, do it. No. Somebody's going to do it. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. It's almost, you know, saying to the universe, fine, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so so we met and uh, in Dubai and he taught me everything. He said, okay, we go to Paris and I'm going to teach you. I'm going to walk you through it. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to order. I'm going to teach you who to meet. I'm going to teach you what to do, and I'm going to guide you. So, until now, he's my mentor. Nothing. And um, and so I went, and I saw that the technology was finally here. And uh, this was almost like five years ago. From five years ago to now, I cannot believe the technology, how more beautiful and more sophisticated it has become uh, not only for fur, but also for suede, yeah, for leather, sure. for for crocodile, for snakes. Mm-hmm. We can reproduce. But the thing with that, Anna, I wanted to ask you is, like, you, I'm
1: looking at your furs now and I touch some of them and they look and feel like real fur. So yes. one of the arguments is, well, if it looks and, and feels like real fur, you're kind of
2: basically promoting the idea of fur. So what's your response to that? My response to it is that right now I cannot worry about this because I have a bigger monster to fight, which is the fur industry, and, and I need to save as many fur and fur-bearing animals as possible. So, you know, the only way you're going to kill that industry is by giving them the best possible option to real fur. And then eventually, that is going to phase out uh, very naturally. Exactly. It's Mm going to be a very organic process. Of course, I always suggest, if you're going to go out with a faux fur that looks so real, please wear a pin or wear my logo an anti fur pin or something that makes a statement. Got it. I was going to ask that cuz otherwise there's the risk of maybe people yeah. throwing red paint yeah. at you or you know having or, a girl or, and or, shouting or, at you or and... a conversation which yeah. actually I think uh, uh, you know if you wear a full fur you wear an, a you know a pin or maybe you don't wear a pin uh because now still nobody knows me I'm like the best kept secret in uh, in Manhattan right now. So, but you know, my logo is not known now. So you know, eventually, like Canada kind of the goose has the patch in the thing. Mm. Then the peluche logo is is will be on the coat. Oh, nice. But but another thing that it's so important to me. I don't. I just don't want it to be just another logo, another tag. It needs to be uh, something very special, very mm. unique, almost like a piece of jewelry.
1: Yeah, especially the, because this is such a luxurious brand, like just having a logo. Exactly. Would be a bit weird. like it's almost, yeah, like you say, looking something sparkly. On yes, things.
2: absolutely, <laughs> exactly. The girls love their <laughs> sparkles. That's also not going away, okay? <laughs> so I would like to make the logo more with more sparkles, maybe something with heavy border with beautiful stones. Yeah. Uh, uh, beautiful that beautiful But it becomes part of the
1: actual
2: Exactly. So not only food. you're making a statement because, you know, as I was, you know, uh, this is a, a the this is a, a big threat for, for the fur industry. This is the first time this kind of uh product, luxurious product come is, is coming out. Yeah. So this is really what their fee they're sh- they should be. Good. Very fearful of what I'm doing, and I love your
1: tagline, the revolution. The That's revolution, very, very because
2: nice revolution. this yeah. is a fur revolution. Yeah. For the first time, I am revolutionizing the fur, the fur industry, and the faux fur industry, which before it was considered like something cheap and something. Mm, something cheap and not uh, as luxurious as we offer sure. but this is not the case anymore no, it is exactly. absolutely uh, spectacular it feels it looks we can reproduce chinchilla which is the soft one of the softest fur yeah. in the world but, Anna,
1: some people that this you know some people there's been reports that particularly out of China that some fur that supposedly faux fur actually contains dog or cat or rabbit. So what and I think there was even a report which I think I sent to you a few months ago. What how do people know, like how can they know if they're buying something? I mean obviously they buy yours, they know and you can talk a little bit about where you source yours from. But
2: otherwise how how know? Uh, the problem is fast fashion, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, it's a big, big problem, and we absolutely must stop buying fast fashion mm-hmm. and throwing things out. We need to buy much less and keep it. Yeah. And keep it if you don't want it, hand it down like we used to do. Don't just throw it out because, uh, you know, the fashion industry is a huge problem uh, you know also environmentally, so it's not that um, so you we have to be uh, we have to be less of less of the consumers we need to buy smarter and we need to stand behind companies that they are ethical and uh, and they have moral values so by wearing a pin. Not only you are wearing, you are making a statement. I believe that you know animals shouldn't be treated mm-hmm. as as properties, mm-hmm. and and be used. Uh, and I'm making a statement because I bought this brand, and look, it's fabulous, luxurious, mm-hmm. looks good on me, and and I have the same feeling. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I wanted to reproduce as well. Is the feeling that a real fur gives you, which is that fuzziness when you, you know, the woman, when, you know, I used to see women coming offend, putting on the fur, and they just love it. feel, it's like wearing cashmere, it's like wearing silk. There is something that is very, uh, it goes uh, inside, you know, what you feel. The, when your skin touches something, it gives you an emotion. So I wanted to give and to replicate that emotion without the cruelty. So that's why I, lo- I love everything that is soft, everything that is supple. So, and where do you
1: source yours from?
2: Everything like from in Europe. Everything I uh, source in Europe. And what I do is I pick a little bit from everyone. I just pick the best of everyone. And do you so check
1: where it's sourced from, like, so that you know that that definitely is fun?
2: Yes, because uh, the, the main, the main, uh, materia prima, how you call it, uh, the main, uh, material all comes from one, one place, which is Japan. I mean, fashion now—it's you cannot say anymore that comes from one country. It comes from many different countries because the product comes from uh, Japan originally. Then they have the machine either in Korea, in France, Italy, China. Then the then maybe somebody has another machine. They send it back to the, the other country, mm-hmm. and so on, so on, so on. Sometimes one to make one fur. It goes around three times or four times in, one, you know, four countries before you get the final product. Mm. Um, so I learned so much and it's so interesting. But going back to what you were saying, um, and that is so happening. How do you
1: guarantee that yours is full for-
2: Well, I source it from the best, uh, the best people, obviously, and also because of my knowledge. Right. Uh, I mean, I can spot a real fur or a faux fur a mile away, so I I definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, but uh, usually, you you know, it's when you produce so much, you make so much that that's where the problem it becomes a huge problem. And uh, you know, real fur is not expensive anymore. It's not expensive. It's actually quite cheap. You can buy a, a vest, a fur vest for $100. You know, made out of cats and dogs. Many people are walking around with cats and dogs on their backs. I see them every day walking around. Or, you know, dogs, you know, yeah. uh, like Canada kind of was with, the, with their dogs, you know, everybody's so proud, you know, it's com- total cruelty from inside and out. Yeah. And uh, we cannot do this anymore. We must move forward, and uh, and also, you know, always look at the future because I think the the bi- biotechnology and the nanotechnology in the fabric industry is gonna be, uh, you know, it's already changing so much yeah. and so fast that I cannot wait what they're gonna do next. Sure. And um, I'm always gonna try to. To make the product as, as, as more, as more ethical as possible. And of course, being a vegan and also a big animal rights activist, you know, it's very important because this is not only about fashion. This is not only about, you know, the fur, the fur revolution that now I tell you how I got to that world. But this is a revolution of the heart. It's a revolution of the soul because we must do something. We we really don't have much time. We have to move fast, and we must change very fast in everything we do, in the eating, in the consuming, in the buying, in. Uh, but the word revolution, um, so it came because you know, being a revolutionary, doing the fur revolution, um, I wanted to write a manifesto because there is no revolution without a manifesto <laughs> so um, I called my ex-husband that he's a revolutionary himself and I asked him listen can you help me to write down I want to write down a a manifesto because uh, what I'm doing is uh, it's a fur revolution and I want to talk about it and I want to you know I told him all my ideas And so we were like playing with slogans, you know, revolution, and and that's how it came out, you know, and and at the end it came out, revolution. And then, so now it's everywhere. I put it on the clothes, I put it everywhere, on hashtag revolution, join the revolution. So basically I created this anti-fur movement Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and uh, asking uh, people to to make compassionate choices really. and uh, go for instead of uh, choosing cruelty.
1: Perfect. Now tell us about when you first started up the business. What were some of your challenges and how did you handle them? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where should I start?
2: <laughs> I mean, this was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It completely changed my life. What a right I'm still doing because I never expected to be so overwhelmed ever emotionally as well, yeah. especially emotionally, um, I wouldn't change it for a second though. So the biggest challenge is definitely doing it all by myself. I had to learn everything, not from you know all of a sudden I had to learn everything on the other side of fashion, you know everything how do you how do you make it? Where do you start? So uh, it was very difficult, very difficult, very painful, and very costly. Were you because, still working
1: a day job? When yes, you started, you yes. Started it in your specialty Yes,
2: life? and and uh, you know after two years in, uh, back back then my 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 boyfriend now my husband told me, Anna, if you really want to do this, I mean, I don't think you can do both. I mean, I had, it was impossible, absolutely impossible. If you want to start a business, you need to stop what you're doing and just put yourself with force into it. Um, Even though I tried, I tried. And he said, you know, I will support you 100%. Just do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I was like, okay, fine. Wow, let's do it. But, you know, this is not a product that I can give to anyone. It's a difficult product to work with. You know, the pile is very thick. I mean, you can also have the thin one, which is a little more, more easier to work with. So I had to change, I think, like five different pattern makers. Uh five different people that make the product trial and error and learning what this fabric does. well, I already understand pretty much working with fur before with real fur before what a fabric needs to do or wants it to do or wants it to be, but when i you know I started, I had no idea it was going to be. So, so difficult to find the right people that can make a product that doesn't look like, you know, a Zara or, uh, you know, any faux fur that you see outside. What is so distinctive of, of what I want to do? How can I make this faux fur like a Fendi fur and not like a Zara Mm coat? Um, so. It was uh, very hard, but finally, you know, that happened that you have to go through all this process to finally find, finally, I found this small atelier here in New York, the garment district, and when I saw my first coat done, I was in heaven. (laughs) the uh, you know the the details and it's all about the details and also how you respect the fabric mm. the love that you have what you do it shows the love it shows if something is like machine made really fast yeah. or somebody that takes care and cuts it and then sews it and you know it it shows so when I saw it I was cool. Ecstatic! I was so happy to see it, and I was like, "That's it! I have arrived. This is it. Yeah. Finally, I'm, I'm there." So yeah, but it was uh, it's, it, it's it's very difficult yeah. to to juggle so many things by myself, and plus other things, plus all the social media and uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about oh, the marketing a bit. So how
1: have you? marketing, what what sort of strategies did you use, being that it it's just you, how have you got it out there? Okay,
2: so uh, I started not knowing anything about this, and, and I kind of almost um, waited uh, a little bit to go into, uh, you know, the all the, oh, the social media. But, uh, you know, my girlfriends who are younger, they're like, Anna, it's so important, you must do it, you must learn it. So I learned it. And also, I had advisors and other people that, you know, they were not that great. I also had, you know, PR and other people, you know, amazing people. I don't want to say anything against them, But they were just not for me. They really didn't understand where I'm going uh, with this. Um, but so I started with the Instagram, you know, starting posting and uh then i figure out that through instagram then you can do facebook and twitter and then i started little by little you know i started and so now i'm doing it also by myself but it takes a long it takes also a very long yeah. time and now i don't have a pr anymore and it takes even longer it takes even longer to to call uh you know the the press And you call the press and they tell you to go on the website. And then it's like you can't get around. It's almost like you need somebody to introduce you to the journalist. I have an amazing story to to tell. Uh, Because this is, again, not only about fashion. It's about what is happening right now in the world. And... um,
1: so, so when you say you had a public, so you had like a general publicist or a fashion
2: publicist. I had a PR person yeah. that was doing, but she really didn't get any. She, she called me one day before the fashion show. Anna, what are your, give me the three main things about you. And I'm like, you don't know what they are. Are you kidding me? You represent my company and you don't, you cannot tell them after I told her, you know, many, many times, you still don't know what my company represents. Mm, that should have been one of the first questions before even yeah. taking you on as a client. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think that shows
1: the importance of working with the right people. Yes, just, yes, um, to have
2: the right, the right team yeah, around you. Who's passionate about your product yes, as well. Yes, exactly. knows that,
1: that industry. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've managed to get, the, the coat on Helen
2: Mirren, A-lister list celebrity, one yeah. of my favorite actresses. Yeah. Very impressive. How
1: did that come of
2: it? Through Instagram. Through Instagram. Through Instagram, all. like I had most of of any of my connections that made me eventually do something with my business, only exclusively through Instagram. Not Facebook, not Twitter, not anything else, through Instagram. So it happened that I was uh, I was in Italy. My dad recently passed away just one one year ago, and I got this message uh, from this celebrity stylist. Is a white, um, fabulous uh, girl and amazing stylist, um, and uh, she 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 saw my one of my Instagram posts, and so she contacted me and Italy. Said I love you know what you're doing. Uh I have Elemira, I have to dress I we love her. She's wearing a beautiful Marquesa dress. I would love to put her uh in one of your coats. I saw this one. Um, can can you can you please have it for the red carpet? She has she's having an And I said, Yes, of course <laughs> of course, go for it. And then before the assistant came and picked up the coat, I said, Listen. Can you please do me a favor? I'm going to give you this pin. It's the uh, the Humane Society Antifer pin with the with the heart. Can you please ask her I, I really would like her if she can wear this on her coat. If she doesn't, she doesn't, but yes, please ask, ask her. her yeah. Oh my god, when I saw the pictures, <laughs> she did it, let's she did it, let's and, let's and let's apparently, let's she made such a huge fashion statement that when she turned around and everybody saw the anti fur pin, everybody went crazy. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. And, but then, because, <laughs> but then, the but then, there is another thing is that you know, they wrote all the article this she's wearing the second fur, this and that, but nobody was asking. You know, nobody asked, who who is that coat? Who is yeah. that? And this is why I think having, like, a good PR person right. that is connected yeah. to the right. To take advantage. Yes, it. So, because yeah. a good journalist, you know, has to find out what she's wearing yeah. on the right carpet. So when you gave her the coat, like in terms of giving a celebrity,
1: because that's obviously your product, you can't just give them, like, a small you know low dollar product you know yours are very high end so do they borrow it and wear it and get it back or do yes, you gift it yes, it? yeah yeah that that that's yes. how it generally works yes yes.
2: but uh, you know i also i'm not opposed to also give uh, some 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 fr- some freebies to to start to to girls that that uh, represent uh, who are vegan or they are going into that direction that they're ethical. Yeah. I, I'm not interested to put my, my fur coat to somebody, you know, a Jennifer Lopez or a Beyonce, that, uh, you know, they, they still wear your fur, that they love real yes. fur. So, you know, you can't wear both, yeah. okay? You yeah, cannot yeah. Uh, be, uh, yes, I wear both. Good. Because you need to make a decision—is sure. either uh, you are against animal cruelty or you aren't. Great. So you are either an animal abuser or you are not. Make your choice.
1: Fantastic.
2: Wonderful. Now tell us about
1: fashion shows. How important are fashion shows now, particularly like the big ones, New York Fashion Show, for
2: say an independent or an up-and-coming brand such as yourself? Very, very difficult. It's very difficult to start because even if you put your name on the CFDA, uh, you what don't have uh, the CFDA is the main. Uh, it's 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 the one that organizes all the big fashion shows. Oh, okay. So um, so even if you are on the list with all the other designers, obviously the main designers are on the official list, and then you have the like a million other designers who are not. Uh, not known but you can still put your name and you know ask everybody to come and see it but it's very difficult because again not having a PR that is connected not uh, doing all everything by yourself and uh, you get pulled in 10,000 you know different ways and you cannot do uh, you cannot do it so but they are very important. You should always do them. You should always be there, out there, relevant. Um, but it's, it's to get uh, attention, to get the journalist to come to your fashion show. And my fashion shows are very, very powerful. I, this was only my second fashion show. This is the New York. This is the New York fashion fashion show. And uh because I put activism throughout yeah. the fashion. And shape. you use
1: different models, like a- models who are activists as yes. well and
2: different ages or different body yes. shapes, which I think is, is very cool. Yes, but also uh everything is so incredibly well studied because every single thing has a meaning. From the music that I chose through the to to which activist I chose, every single one Represented a huge animal rights activism uh, company, so I had Ashley uh, Ashley Burr for, from PETA. I had uh, Edita Br- Brinkhurst from uh, New York City New York NYC C class. And I had um, who else did I have? Well, so everyone was representative of. So I wanted somebody to represent the health. So I had a big nutritionist and and a coach yes. that represented you know the the importance of nutrition. I had another big activist uh, that is always there. You know, I mean, all of them literally go on the ground, you know, doing the work, the dirty work with the
1: placards.
2: Yeah, and now yes. they're on the run. You've brought them from
1: outside, yeah, yes. being yes. thrown out by security, but brandishing their placards. You invite them onto the stage. I think that's
2: fantastic. It's fantastic, and also I, you know, I always love to work with all the animal associations as well and give back. As a matter of fact, anytime I have a trunk show, always give a percentage to that animal association. And that's where I always want to do that. Yeah. And, and I would also love eventually later on to even have a peluche foundation. Mm. So I can really help the really good, like things that nobody's even thinking about. Mm. And I'm like, my God, this must be changed. Uh, it's important. This mm. must be changed. And that must be changed. I remember when when I, you know, I started this whole process. And how I became a vegan is, uh, um, you know, because of the nature of what I'm doing, uh, you know, I knew that one day, sooner or later, I had to sit down and look of what, learn everything about the food industry and see it, see it with my eyes. And I waited a year and, and a few months because I was scared. I was scared to look. And, um, but one day, my cat died, actually, almost a year ago, also, the 5th of November. And when she died, I don't know what happened to me, but she gave me an incredible courage, like the courage of a feline, the courage of a lioness. And my God, I decided, I put myself here, right here, Mm -hmm. on this couch, and I said, "Okay, today's the day." I was by myself. I opened my 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 iPad. I said, "Okay." Oh, actually, no, I was on my phone. And I started looking on Instagram. Uh, no, first first on uh, on my iPad, and I started looking at Pita, uh, mm-hmm. Stella McCartney, um, Pita thing. And, oh my God, I was like crying mm-hmm. hysterically but then after when i went on uh, on instagram i started you know going doing the search on the you know animal abuse stop animal cruelty stop animal abuse <gasps> oh my god what did i just open a pandora's box i found myself in the vortex of unimaginable Cruelty and atrocities that I would have never thought in my whole entire life. And my, everything changed from then on. It was so emotional. I see now, I'm like, very emotional. That, um, I mean, the, the immensity of, of, of the cruelty was so big that I cried for weeks. For weeks. But not just crying like this. I was bawling out like tears. It's like my everything that I knew, everything that I thought. And I always thought of myself as, as a, a very zany person doing yoga, meditation and being very in tune with the universe and everything. Little that I knew what was going on and little that I knew of about everything. So that completely changed. Uh, then of course then after I watched, you know, Conspiracy was really the last draw. You know, I saw other other documentaries, you know, Racing Extinction and because right after it happened that, you know, here in New York we had the Racing Extinction and they put all the animals Against the Empire State Building it was beautiful. Then I saw the documentary, and then after I started watching all the other documentaries as well and earthlings. And, yeah. and then after conspiracy, it was it was very easy. It's very easy to go vegan yeah. because and it's it's not it, it's a joy. It's yeah. not uh, yeah. it's not difficult yeah. once you understand what's behind it. Is like, how can you as a person? support that. Mm,
1: for sure. Now, I want to, talk to you, you touched on trunk shows, what is a trunk show? For those of us who are not
2: fashionists, okay. like people
1: listening, what's a trunk show and why okay. is it important for a brand? Such okay. As
2: trunk shows are important because, uh, you know, as a small brand, how do you start? The good thing about what I was doing before is that, uh, you know, especially working for Prada, I had, I collected some, several, good clients. Mm and you know usually from this area from the upper east side and uh, you know I, I started mm-hmm. and said okay let's do a trunk my first trunk show and I invited them all and they could not believe uh, what they saw and uh, you know they came back my first year was fantastic even so what is it though what's a trunk show oh the trunk show is basically you do like uh well I like I like, uh, you know, drama, so I always <laughs> I always uh, come up with, like, a very spectacular, uh, uh, I, I like very tea- theatrical things. Yeah. So my first trunk show was at the uh, Italian-American Club, right here on 69th Street, and it's this beautiful uh, townhouse, very rich with, like, candelabras kind of and many rooms, and so I did a static display. Of uh, I think I had like twenty mannequins, and then I put rolling racks in several rooms, and I had a DJ. Well, that that's so it's like the, a private
1: fashion show. It's, it's it, yes, it's
2: a presentation. It's right. a presentation of uh, of your product, and you invite your clients yes. and their friends oh, to come over. And then towards the end, since it was my first, one, I spinned that into a little party. And I had a DJ, we had hors door d'oeuvres, and, and uh, drinks, and everybody had a great time. Right.
1: So it's a way to showcase your products and make some sales?
2: Yes, yes. Well. It was, uh, I did a whole, a whole day event, sale event, and then at 6 o'clock, I think we stopped, the sale event, and it became a party for a couple oh, of hours. Nice. So I did both, and, uh, and do you
1: pay for like the hire of the venue and that
2: kind of thing? Yes, I pay for everything.
1: Yes, <laughs> so it's like
2: a marketing investment. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yes. would it be imp- fair to say it's important as long as you know you can get people through the door? So you know, already knew you had a certain clientele. Yes, there. yes. So. And then
2: it's all word of mouth, really. Right. Uh, the thing, na- the thing is now. For example, I am, you know, I did a trunk show yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, a- and this is why now this needs to go to a different level because uh, this needs to go out it needs to it's too beautiful of a product to still be a, a secret you know the best secret in the yeah, world. Yeah. um uh, so uh, so now uh, yesterday for example so my client's client like list is a certain amount okay of people which is not a staggering number and you know in order to to have more people to the trunk show, you need a much bigger number. Mm. So yeah, the past two days when I had my trunk show, I, I had two other co-hostesses, three 3 co-hostesses, which they invited their friends, they're all animal activists and vegans. One of them was Missy R. Grace, which she stripped down at the end of the fashion show completely naked, which I love her. Uh, She would do anything for the animals. And um, so through them, I got to know many more ladies. And can I tell you, I mean, those ladies are, you know, some of the wealthiest people in the world. And they could not believe what they saw. They were shocked, surprised, uh, happy. They loved it. And, you know, I got many compliments, I a few sales, and, you know. But, uh, you know, this needs to... Uh, now what I'm doing is a stop and go. Mm. I'm stopping everything because I cannot do this by myself anymore. But now the goal needs to be very strong because we are going against a monster industry. And they're going to fight. They're going to fight. They're not gonna. This is not gonna be easy.
3: Yeah. Uh.
2: But you know, we need to fight harder. We need to be smarter than them, and uh, we need to come up with new ideas and new way of of uh, educating and create awareness. Um,
1: about everything. What would you say to someone who's, you know, listening to you now, and they're you know perhaps into fashion themselves, they're really interested, and they have a day job whether that's in fashion or not, and they want to start something up, not necessarily fur, but, you know, some kind of perhaps fashion product, what advice would you give them before, before making Before starting? It? Yeah. Because that's a big leap, and like you say, you yeah. kind of really threw yourself into the deep end. Yes.
2: Uh, I would say, um, whatever you think, save your money, because whatever you think is going to be, It's going to be five times, six times more, (laughs) if not even 10 times more. You have no idea what you're going against. And, uh, you know, everything counts. Every mistake you make counts. Uh, And it's important that you make that mistake Mm -hmm. because you will never make it again. And that's how. But mistakes are very costly. So every mistake is going to cost you and every mistake. So I suggest, you know, to definitely, you know, maybe look for somebody to help you, family, friends, anybody to and then do your diligent work, you know, find out. But you know what? It's something that you cannot prevent because you will make a ton of mistakes and uh try and error are very important so you must you must take the course you must take the course that's an important thing do what, not were your about.
1: Key, what were your key mistakes do you think you've made that you would do differently trust
2: you? i think trusting and i'm pretty good in, in sense you know in sensing the you know the, the feeling and i always believe that people are good at heart and they're not stupid so you know I'm always very positive I always see the the good way in everything, but um you know you need, you trust someone to do a work they tell you they can do it, you see they can do a fantastic job for everybody else and then you know when you see your product coming back, it looks like crap and I'm like, what happened here? Hold on a second. Then you find out that they actually didn't make it in-house. They outsourced it oh, somewhere else. Right. So, you know, how do you, you know, it's, uh, that's why you need to like keep on finding a good team, okay? a good team. You need a good team of people. Yeah. And, you know, you think it's one person. No, it's not. Let's try the next one. You think it's the right one? Mm, maybe not. But always go with your gut feeling, and sometimes I always like to, you know, you know, they're all they're all good people. Everybody was very good, very kind, very sweet. But maybe I don't know. Maybe they didn't get to what I was doing. They didn't understand the standard that I had because I couldn't even show them the standard that I had. Because, because it pioneer, was in my, yeah, yeah because it leader. was in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this one is crazy. What do you mean? This looks beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, not it doesn't. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's
1: very good advice though. I like that.
2: So finally, Anna, what what's your long-term vision for yourself and your brand? I would like for this brand to take off full force, full force, because it's imp- it's important to get it out there in order for, you know, women, uh, unless you give them the best possible option to fur they're not going to stop it. They're not going to stop wearing fur. So just give the girls what they want. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> but make it, you know, uh, without uh, the animal uh, cruelty. Wonderful. And um, what about the name, actually? I'm to ask you about the name, plush. You see, that's why I say everything counts and everything was a labor of love. It was almost like giving birth to this, to this company. It took me, uh, it took me one year to come up with a logo, one year, which originally originated from, from Spain, from a tie that I saw in Spain in a hidden courtyard. I knew already in my mind what I wanted, how it needed to look or what I wanted. I know that I wanted animals in it. I knew that I wanted it round. So it was such a process, such a, uh, it was uh, painful, painful to do the logo because the logo needed to be spectacular. It needed to be strong mm-hmm. and elegant in the same time, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and finally, when I, when I got the vision and, uh, you know, the inspiration, uh, then when I saw it, I was like, yes, this is it. And my logo, I love the logo. It's so beautiful. It is strong and elegant. Exactly what I wanted to go for the peluche that took me another eight months to come up with a name. So, you know, I was thinking, what is this? It's like a fur, it's soft, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like a peluche. Peluche means plush.
1: Plush, I was thinking it's a on words? Peluche in or...
2: Italian, in French. Oh, I
1: see. And yeah. oh, in, uh, in,
2: uh, yeah. in Spanish, they say peluche, oh. uh, means something plush. So I wanted the word to, to, to be a of the same product that I'm making. So it's something soft and plush, yes. So peluche. Yes. So what I want to do now is I want to peluche everything. Nice. You're <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I would like to take, you know, also would love to see is, uh, you know, I would love to make more vegan. You know, I would like to branch out a little bit because, uh, I would I would like to put luxury vegan fashion into the luxury platform, mm. which does not exist. It's inexistent. There is only uh, Stella McCartney and that's it. There is nobody else. And you know, what if you don't like her style or you don't like you want wanting something maybe more more romantic, more with more in more sparkle. <laughs> You know, this. so we need more, uh, vegan, uh, luxury up there in the platform. Mm-hmm. So I started designing couture gowns, vegan couture gowns, started designing a couple of them. Let's see how people respond. Everybody loves them. I'll show them to you. And, um, but then I would love to also do the accessories because accessories are very important. So. So I definitely would love to do shoe vegan shoes because I don't see the ones that I like out there still. I'm sorry but I still don't. Again, luxury, I'm thinking luxury. Uh, even though I really love your shoes that you were wearing today. <laughs> I love them. I want that. <laughs> that I love. But uh, I should just let
1: listeners know. She's talking about my vegan glitter boots. They're kind of they're very sensible. And comfortable, but they're also quite fabulous because they sparkle, especially in the sunshine. Oh, my God, they're <laughs> outrageous.
2: I need them. <laughs> yeah. They're from vegan style, isn't it? Good, good. So, good. Cool. Okay. so then, yes, of course, yes. handbags, shoes, and another thing that I would love to do is also high-end furnitures, mm. like very... content, Like, do peluche casa, peluche home. Yes. So throws and pillows and super, super contemporary, clean, modern furniture. As I told you, I wanna pelucify everything. I was gonna say, we have, <laughs> you have a big vision. I like it. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. And, and then, of course, uh, very, very important: give back to the animals. Yeah. Save, save anything we can save. Of, of uh, you know, of many yeah. different fields needs to be saved. Yeah. The thing is that we need to be fast, yeah. and we need to go full force. We cannot cannot wait anymore we don't have the time because this is the first time ever uh, that we are not any longer sustained by the earth now we thought we had five more years of the earth sustaining us instead guess what it happened before so since uh this summer now from everything that we do now we are taking from the earth so we have to be very careful of what we consume what we eat what we buy yes. from now on it's going to be a disaster otherwise and we must uh, talk about it we constantly we need to talk about veganism to everyone out there any opportunity we have and it's a moral
3: imperative.
2: Absolutely. This is the, the baseline uh, of, you know, uh, of social justice. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, I love your vision. I love your brand and I love what you're doing. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katharina.
2: Nice to meet you.
0: So that was Anna Talia Bue from Peluche. You can find out more at peluche.com. And that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 94. Now for our vegan business news roundup. Canadians are embracing veganism in a big way, according to the latest year in search by Google Canada, reports the National Post. It shows that Canadians particularly sought out vegan recipes for comfort food, such as mac and cheese, lasagna, pizza, gravy and brownies. Trends expert for Google Canada, Alexandra Hunnings-Klein, said interest in veganism was at an all-time high. Since 2004, which is as far back as we're able to go when we look at these trends, searches for veganism peaked this summer in Canada. The top provinces and territories searching for veganism were British Columbia, Yukon, Ontario, Nova Scotia and Alberta, she said. So good news for Canadian vegan businesses. And of course, it's great to see interest in vegan living ramping up across the globe. Vegan fashion will be a major trend for 2018, particularly in the luxury sector, according to global research firm J. Walter Thompson Intelligence's latest The Future 100 report. The report highlights emerging consumer behaviours with 100 trend predictions from the innovation group. Citing tech firms Modern Meadows Biofabricated Leather and Bolt Threads Vegan Silk, which are created by using yeast to grow collagen, the report says sustainability, formerly regarded as antagonistic to everything luxurious, is now taking on luxury connotations itself. Innovating in sustainability is becoming viewed as intelligent and aspirational precisely the values that luxury brands try to convey in their messaging. Well, amen to that. (laughs) And vegan food is also noted as a major trend for 2018 in the report. So this is fantastic news for aspiring and existing vegan business owners. Finally, following on from the previous story about vegan living continuing its growth in popularity, I wanted to point you in the direction of my latest Forbes article, which was published on the 27th of December 2017, if you're listening in the future, in which I highlight the key research, numbers, players and developments in the vegan and plant-based business sector throughout 2017 and into 2018 and beyond. Now, it's a comprehensive article which took quite a lot of time to put together, and I couldn't include absolutely everything, which in itself demonstrates the massive growth of this sector. And it's heartening and inspiring to see all this information in one place. You may find the statistics and other information useful if you're seeking investors or to show other companies and businesses that you might be involved with, as well as anyone who might query or even criticise your decision to run your business on vegan principles. It's good to have solid facts and figures at your fingertips. So do feel free to make use of that and share it around. You can find a link to the article on my Forbes blog at forbes.com forward slash sites forward slash Katrina Fox. And you can also find that link on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 94. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more resources, including details of my media and PR consultations, copywriting, editing and proofreading services to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business, and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.